Well, ladies and gentlemen, once again, welcome to Victorious Friday. We have an amazing show for you today. And today is not going to disappoint just like other day. I have a, a, a young man I'm just meeting. We're going to become dear friends. And he's going to share his story today, an amazing story. You know, when I uh, look at this, the topic we're going to be talking about is a unique one for us, but yet very relevant. And that is, what does it look like? And how do you know if you're making progress when you're reaching milestones to manhood? You know, today, uh, fathers especially are being challenged. Uh, what is a dad? What is, you know, uh, you know, a father, a good father, one that's connecting with his children, one that's making uh, a relationship and building that relationship upon it? Well, we're going to talk about fathers who want to play an active role. Uh, in their son's and daughter's life, but particularly their son's life. And, you know, when I think about um, this this young man today, he's going to tell a story. And today, more than ever, young men need need their male role uh, models more than ever. And uh, believe me, I understand that. And we need to be very intentional in that process. Well, we're going to talk about how to step up, how to make a difference, how to help them understand what it means to be a man and bestow that manhood upon them. Boy, I'm interested in that. And it's a, you know, if I was a boy and I'm looking at it, uh, I was fortunate enough to have a dad who who would stand in the gap and, and teach us and walk with us and spend time with us. But many, many don't. Many are asking the question uh, about fatherhood because it's never been modeled to them. Well, we want to encourage you today uh, with, this, with this story that's coming up. And as a result of that, we're going to walk you through a very unique ritual uh, that he experienced with his father that has made a great impact on his life. Well, welcome, Stephen. Welcome to Victorious Friday. Terrence, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on your show. I tell you, Stephen Arms, I tell you, when I when I saw the uh, note come out to me, I said, man, I got to have this guy on the show. You know, <laughs> Dad bailed on me, but yeah, you know, he says, Stephen can hold down the fort. Uh, so it's good to have you. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, your family. Uh, just give us a quick background, if you would. Absolutely. So my name is Stephen Arms. I was born and raised in the Bay Area in California. Spent the first 25 years of my life there until I met my beautiful bride-to-be um, who lived up in Oregon. So I moved up to the Portland, Oregon area to pursue my relationship with her. And then in 2018, we were married, and now we have two beautiful children. Our daughter is three years old, and we have a one-year-old son as well. Man, so you just are you coming up on five years? Yeah, we'll be at five years this year. Thank you. Man, that's fantastic. You you're the right target for Victoria's family, my friend. Thank you. Five <laughs> years is a milestone in itself. You know, that's kind of like a rite of passage. It really so, is. You know, it really is. And and Stephen, you and your dad, you know, you guys have taken some time to write a book together and called Milestones to Manhood. We're going to get into that in a minute, but I want to continue just to get to know you. Uh, you know, how was it like growing up in a household? Uh, what was it like? Was it, you know, did you experience, um, uh, you know, church on Sunday? Was it uh, uh, stay at home on Monday? I mean, just tell me what the life was like uh, uh, in the arms household. 
Life growing up was amazing. Um, I am blessed with two wonderful parents who are still happily married today. Um, I have three brothers, so I grew up in a family of four boys. As you can imagine, it was a lot of wrestling and testosterone and eating competitions growing up, but it was a ton of fun. And I was also blessed to live uh, just a couple miles from my grandparents as well. They also you know, had an amazing marriage and were great examples for me growing up. Uh, we went to church every Sunday together as a family. So I grew up in the church and, you know, still have this amazing uh, tight relationship with my family to this day. So I couldn't have asked for anything more growing up. I really had it all. I mean, that's fantastic. And, uh, uh, you know, when I think about my childhood, I, there were some defining moments in my life that made a difference. Uh, any of those that come to mind uh, in your life in those early years? Absolutely. So one of the big ones um, was on my 13th birthday. And on my 13th birthday, our family had a tradition when a boy or a girl turns 13, that the men or the women of the family would take them away on a special weekend that's called a rite of passage weekend. And this rite of passage weekend was really meant to be a moment in our lives that we could look back on and say, that was the moment that I became a man. Or for my girl cousins, that was the moment that I became a woman. And, you know, when we look at other societies from around the world, we see these other examples of rites of passages, these coming of age ceremonies. The most well-known is probably the Jewish bar mitzvah. You know, in the Jewish faith, it's the bar mitzvah ritual that a boy can achieve the status of manhood at the age of 13. Um, another example would be the in Australia, the Aboriginal society has what's called a walkabout, where a boy is sent off into the wilderness for three to six months at a time to survive on his own. And when he comes back, he's no longer considered to be a boy but he's considered to be a man and he's eligible for marriage. Modern society today doesn't really have an equivalent coming of age cer ceremony, coming of age ritual. And I think that's one reason why we are failing to develop men who are virtuously masculine, right? We're failing to develop real manly men simply because we've never told them that manhood has begun. You know, you are a man. And so my grandfather and my dad started this family tradition where they would take the boy or girl away on our 13th birthdays and give us a rite of passage. Um, man, that is fantastic. So it started with your uh, grandfather. Uh, with his father, or did it go even back beyond that? So the first person to have a rite of passage in our family was actually my older brother. Um, he's two years older than me. He's the oldest grandchild. And my dad, when my older brother was turning 13, he wanted to do something really special for him. Um, my dad didn't have a, a father in his household growing up. He didn't have a relationship with his dad. And that's why when my dad got married, he wanted to be the type of father that he didn't have. He wanted to be um a father who was playing an active role in his children's lives. Um, but he wasn't sure how to do that, you know, with uh, with my older brother turning 13. He wanted to do something special with him. 
So he brought his kind of problem to my maternal grandfather, his father-in-law. And he said, I really want to do something special for my son for his 13th birthday. And it was my maternal grandfather, his father-in-law, who said, well, in other societies, they have these rite of passage traditions. Why don't we start something in our family and hold a rite of passage for him? Man, that is so awesome, man. I think about that. Uh, so you go off and this weekend and this, you know, rituals be taking place. Uh, give us a little taste. Of what what does that look like? I mean, did you understood, you know, understand what was going to happen or did you just kind of, you know, walk me through uh, the process and how it happened and, and just maybe one or two things that would happen during this rite of passage? Absolutely. So first, I'll start by saying that my rite of passage didn't just involve my dad, but it also involved some other men in my life too. So for me, it was my grandfather and two of my uncles. You know, uh, and that, you know, fathers are the most important male role model in a boy's life. Absolutely, there's no replacing dad. But at the age of 13, there's also this tension developing between father and son, right? The boy wants to spread his wings and gain a little bit more independence. And so he's not necessarily interested in listening to dad. So bringing in other men on the trip helps to break through to the boy in a way that he might actually listen, right? It could be a piece of advice that dad has been saying for the last six months, but just hearing it come out of the mouth of a man who's not dad, it, you know, it might finally click for the boy. The weekend itself was made up of uh, seven different rituals. And these rituals were really, you know, sharing exercises that the group participated in to help affirm a boy in his masculine identity and, um, and paint a picture for him of what it really means to be a man. So uh, one of the rituals, for example, is uh, an actual discussion of what it means to be a man. And in that exercise, the group sits around uh, together in a circle, and each man on the trip is given five or 10 minutes to share what it him, what it means to him to be a man. So the advice that was given to me was things like, a man is a provider and a protector for his family, but at the same time, a man is also a good communicator and is in touch with his emotions, right? Uh, there's as men, sometimes we have to be hard and tough. And then at other times we need to be softer and more tender. Um, other advice that was given to me was the importance of maintaining a close relationship with God at all times um, during your life. One thing that we actually did during the weekend was uh, the boy would light a fire uh, in the wood stove in the cabin. And that fire represented God's presence with us during the weekend. You know, fire is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Moses encounters God in the form of the burning bush. So that fire is representative of God's presence during the weekend, but also the importance of having faith throughout your life. You know, inevitably, sometimes our relationship with God is hotter at times in life and sometimes it's colder. But what's most important is that we never let that flame of faith become fully extinguished. Um, other other rituals that we did together as a group was uh, the giving of a family heirloom. So my dad gave me a silver dollar coin that his dad had given to him. 
And although it didn't have a ton of monetary value, it had a lot of sentimental and emotional value to my dad because that was one of the few things that he had from his father as a connection to his dad. Um, and so by giving it to me as a 13-year-old boy, it showed, you know, I now that you're becoming a man, I can trust you with things that have value to me and to our family. Uh, another ritual was the giving of letters. So my dad presented me with a binder full of letters that uh, all the men, but also all the women of the family had written to me. Um, other, other adults in my life had also written me letters such as my Boy Scout troop master at the time, my football coach at the time. They all wrote me these letters of how much I meant to them, um, how to be a good man as I'm entering into this new phase in life. And those letters are a real gift to me because, you know, I still have them today uh, here at my desk and I can look back on them, especially because, you know, some people who have, who wrote me those letters have since passed away since then, you know, two of my grandparents have passed away since my rite of passage weekend almost 20 years ago, but I can still look back on those letters and have those as kind of a keepsake. So there were a number of different rituals like that, that we participated in as a group during the weekend. And then the culmination of the weekend is the formal bestowing of the title of man. Um, so that's kind of like at a graduate, at a high school graduation, right? The very end of the ceremony, the student goes up there and he receives his diploma, right? At that moment, he's officially gradu graduated high school or official, officially graduated college. And in the same way, the end of this weekend was the official bestowing of the title of man. And that's when, in my case, my grandfather, because he was kind of the patriarch of the family, told me, Stephen, now that you've completed your rite of passage weekend, you're, you are no longer a boy, but in our eyes, you are a man in this family, just like us. Oh, man, that's, that had to be a fantastic weekend for you. And and I think about this, you know, we, we talk about uh, in, in some of our training at Victoria's family, uh, we have the dad write a love letter to either the son or the daughter, depending on situation. And I tell you, I, I sit there and I look at them, I listen uh, to the dads, especially, you know, moms, you know, they have that innate, but the dad's writing their love letter. And we have the child sit in the middle of a, in the room and, and he reads to the child in front of the group, this love letter. And, and, you know, these big macho men, they start to break down and cry, but they get to share their emotions. And sometimes the child might, might unfortunately hear for the first time how much their dad loves them and, and, and just cherishes them. Uh, and I always say, uh, there's never a time in a child's life that they don't crave the love of the father. Uh, they crave it. It's, it's like the mother's love is kind of understood and innate, but the father's love is something special, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, that's why, you know, we really feel that it's important that it's a man that takes away, it's men that take away the boy for this weekend. It's not women. And that's not a knock on women. It's not to say that they're inferior at all. No. What we mean to say is that you can't give what you don't have, right? And when another man affirms a boy's masculine identity and says, you are now a man too, then the boy can't question it, right? For me, 
I looked up to my dad, my grandfather, and my two uncles. And these were all men who were married, had kids, had a relationship with the Lord, had a, you know, were working men, were providers, had jobs. I didn't doubt that they were men. They were real men, right? And they turned around to me at 13 years old and they said, you are now a man too. And because of that, you know, just logically, these are men and they've told me that I'm a man. I couldn't question it in myself that, well, I must be a man now too, because they told me that I was a man. Yeah. Well, you know, now, you know, thinking of generational, right? You have a young man coming up, uh, what, 12 more years, right? And I'm assuming you're going to continue that uh, that whole ritual and uh, to the next generation as you have been uh, received that blessing. Uh, how are you, uh, what are some of the thoughts that you're thinking as you, as you plan uh, the next 12 years? Yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to my son's rite of passage weekend. I'm going to have to be patient because like you said, it's uh, 12 years away. I do have um, a godson who's seven years old and um, his father is going to hold a rite of passage for him. So uh, I'll probably go to, his, well, I definitely will go to his before uh, we do one for my own son. Uh, you know, personally, I'm probably not going to change the weekend at all. Uh, I'm going to keep it how it is. Um, but, you know, one thing I say about these rite of passage weekends is that uh, it doesn't mean anything if you don't back up your words with your actions, right? So for me, I have 12 years that I need to model what it means to be a good man for my son so that when we do go away on this weekend, my words are backed up by my actions. If you're a bad father, if you're objectively a bad father for 13 years, and then you hold a rite of passage weekend, it doesn't really mean much, right? So your words have to be backed up by your actions. And that's where I'm at right now in my life is just modeling what it means to be a good godly man for my son is the most important thing that I can do. Oh man, that's so good. And, and, and you having that opportunity to see your parents, uh, your dad and your grandfather, uh, model that has certainly been an inspiration. Let me ask you this. There are some not as fortunate uh, as we have been. Uh, uh, in fact, many don't have a father figure in their life at all. What would you say to them to encourage them? Yeah, <clears throat> so that situation actually occurred in our family because I have a cousin who's adopted from my aunt. She never got married, so he's adopted from a single mom. And, you know, she saw the benefit of him having a rite of passage weekend. So she actually asked my grandfather to lead his rite of passage weekend. So if there isn't a father figure in the house, I would say that mom needs to identify a man who can lead one of these weekends for him. And, you know, that sounds scary to do it for someone who's not your son. But the truth is, is that you're going to get other men involved in the weekend as well. There's going to be a group of three or four guys to do this. So all of the responsibility is not going to fall on your shoulders. And I will say that I think it's even more important for boys who don't have a father or father figure in the house to have one of these weekends than it is for boys who do have a father, right? It's kind of a catch-22. It's the boys who don't have a male role model in the house who need it the most. They need it the most because they don't have that day in day out example of what it means to be a man. They don't have, they, it's important for them to experience one 
because they need to learn how to have healthier relationships with men, but they don't have one in the house. And so I would say for men, for boys who don't have a father figure in the house, it's even more crucial that they experience one of these rite of passage weekends. And that's so good. And, and, and hey, Stephen, you and dad has written a book, man. I mean, you guys have taken it and called the milestone to manhood. And uh, talk, talk to us a little bit about the book and how what inspired you guys and, and tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So, you know, every time we would have conversations with friends outside of the family about these weekends and kind of tell them about our family tradition, they would always say, wow, that is so cool. I wish my dad had done that for me. And then the second thing they say is, I'm going to do that for my son. And it was because of that feedback that we thought, you know, I think we might be onto something here. You know, we should share this tradition with the rest of the world so that other families can benefit from it in the way that our family has. So we wrote the book, Milestone to Manhood. Um, I wrote it with my dad. So you get the perspective of both the father and the son in the book, right? My dad gives his perspective as the dad. And I gave my perspective as a 13-year-old boy experiencing one of these weekends. The first half of the book is really our family story. So you can understand what this weekend is all about. And then the second half of the book is a how-to guide for fathers to organize a weekend for their own sons. You know, we realized that over the last 20 years, we've organized 12 of these rite of passage weekends, and we've accumulated a lot of knowledge in our family. So we decided to turn that knowledge into a book, uh, Milestone to Manhood. Oh man, that's so good. So what can we get a copy of this? I'm sure it's on Amazon and all the places, but tell us, uh, is there a website we can connect with or uh, how how can we get a copy? Our website is milestonetomanhood.com. You can purchase a copy of the book there or you can purchase it on Amazon. Um, another, uh, thing that we have for your audience as well is on our website, there's a planning section to help fathers organize one of these weekends for their sons. Um, in our family, there were a lot of emails going back and forth to organize these weekends. And we realized, you know, if we clean these up a bit, we can offer these as templates to dads to, to email the men that they want to invite. And these, these email templates explain what a rite of passage is, why you want to hold one for your son, and it invites the men to go along with you on the weekend. So those email templates are on our website. We don't ask for your email address because we know that a lot of guys don't want to be spammed with emails these days. I totally get it. I don't want to either. So you can go to our website, copy this email template, and then paste it into the body of an email for yourself. Um, We've really tried to give you as much resources as possible and make it as easy as possible for you to organize a weekend for your own son. Man, that's fantastic. So I want, you know, I always say to my audience, don't go out and buy one book, go up, go buy, buy uh, 10 books. And then what you're going to do is gift those, you're going to gift the other nine to, to, to friends and family members, uh, other dads uh, who wants to be, uh, that inspiration and and uh, and, and kind of learn this whole rites of passage. Uh, what a milestone to manhood that is. 
Um, Stephen, I tell you, it's been a joy, man. We could probably go on for another three hours and talk about this, but obviously we don't have time, man. Uh, but here's what I like to do. I always like to give an opportunity uh, for our guests to be the last word. But before I do, uh, let me simply say, um, uh, you guys need to be part of our April 19th event here in Atlanta, Georgia, at the World of Coca-Cola. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, manhood. We're going to be talking about families and bringing up kids in the Lord um, and what that looks like and the challenges that we face. And we'll be casting a very, uh, uh, it's not even a unique vision, it's an old vision. It's a, I call it a retro future uh, vision where it says in Ephesians 6, 4, to fathers specifically don't exasperate your children, but to bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And so uh, we struggle with that. And, and um, uh, but uh, through God's word, through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, through a discipline of intentionality, uh, we can be those, uh, those fathers that inspire our kids. So hopefully uh, you can join us there as well as the audience on April 19th at the World of Coca-Cola. It's the only place you can taste Coca-Cola from, from every country in the world. And so come on out and I hope you'll be a part of that. What I'd like for you to do is look in that camera, man, and, and, and look at parents just like yourself, uh, as well as grandparents. And give us a word of encouragement. Give these dads, you know, sometimes dads, we just don't get as much love as, you know, the moms. You know, they, they get on TV and say, hey, mom, I'm going to Disney. But dads, I mean, come on, man. So give us a word of encouragement, inspiration for these dads out here who, who have a heart for their sons uh, and just want to love on them. And sometimes, man, we just don't know how. Sometimes we, we may not, you know, do a good job at it, but our hearts want to be in the right place. Give us a word of encouragement as you think about milestones to manhood or any or, or any words you'd like to share with us. It's your minute. My word of encouragement for your listeners, for the fathers out there, is going to be a challenge. The challenge that I'm proposing is that every father listening to this podcast has the responsibility to tell his son at the appropriate age, son, I want you to know that I no longer consider you to be a boy, but in my eyes, you are a man now. And that if every father affirmed his son's masculine identity like that and told his son, you are a man, then boys today would not feel the need to prove their manhood to themselves. In the absence of a rite of passage, in the absence of his father telling him, son, I see you as a man now, boys feel the need to prove their manhood to themselves. And that could mean things like the sexual conquest of women. It could mean things like violence. It could mean things like video game addictions. But if a father takes the responsibility and steps up to the plate and says, son, I see you as a man now, then boys don't feel the need to prove their manhood to the same degree. So my word of encouragement is a challenge. Fathers, if you're listening to this, when your son turns 13, or if that window has passed and your son is 15, 16, 17 years old, tell him, son, I want you to know in my eyes, I see you as a man now. And that those words are so important, so crucial for your son to hear. Oh, that's a good word. I think we'll leave it there again. Welcome, uh, Stephen Arms, Milestones to Manhood. Uh, go go out and get a copy. Look at their website. Down, download some of the templates. And remember, here at Victoria's Family, 
We provide resources that transform families and lives. Stephen, thank you so much for coming, man. I, I love your part of the country, Portland, uh, Oregon. And uh, man, we got to get out there and and, and uh, see some waterfalls and, and uh, walk the carpet at your airport. You know, I didn't realize how popular the carpet at your airport was until many years. And people said, Terrence, have you noticed the carpet? And, you know, people would have ties of the carpet at the airport. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Uh, but it was a fantastic time, and I finally realized what all that was about. Uh, so, uh, hey, thanks for coming on the show. Looking forward to to connecting with you. I have a new friend, Stephen Arms, Milestones to Manhood. Thank you. Have a blessed day.